This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today we're talking to DJ Silver. If you've been to any festival or club in the country or a Jason Aldean concert, you've probably seen his work. He's the guy hyping up the crowd before, during, and after the show. We'll talk to Silver about how 20 years ago, a Nelly Aldean mashup in Vegas changed his life. We'll talk about his label he started, Blackout Artists, which I'm proud to be a part of, and his DJ duo, Roadhouse, which has new music like Talking With Your Hands with Jimmy Allen. Here's our chat with DJ Silver, Behind the Rose. Man, I'm so happy to see you. It's been way too long, my man. The last time I saw you, we were down in Nashville, yeah. uh, which was June. I looked it up. We were June, man. June. That's crazy. We came in, you guys, we had already had dinner, and y'all had dinner, and it was just, yeah. it was a quick hit and run, but it was happy to see you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's yeah. funny, because I actually listened back to that. Mm-hmm. Dude, you nailed so much right on the head about 2020. I remember being so positive. I was like, no, man, 60 days, 60 days. You're like, no, we're not going to see anything in 2020. He's like, even 2021, it's going to be a while. And you nailed it, man. You were right on. And I just, I just, I hate to even say I was right, but like the writing was on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I told you, it was like, we felt like we partnered up with Blackout and I got all to Eric and brought you in. I was like, yeah. this dude huge. He's a good DJ, great person. And I felt like, man, you were on the verge of just like hammering down. We got, yeah. I got you residencies in some of the biggest clubs. And oh, I was so pumped. We were so that. amped up for the rest of the last year thank god we could say last year now yeah right yeah what was that club in jersey we put you on premiere uh, premiere and i was Early like i'm not trying to scare you but this is big <laughs> like like aoki plays there um chain smokers not that i'm in yeah. there but I play there like bring bring your game player and you you won that room that was the best thing yeah about. thank you yeah man i was i was nervous you didn't even need to say anything and i was there so i remember man there's nothing like it though like wait standing there waiting for your name to be called man it reminded me of like football back in the day you know you get that rush man and it was god it was so much fun. i miss it so much so sit there for half an hour in the last two minutes you're just like can we do this already and, like, Ooh, and then once once you start though it's just like football you get hit and then you're like ready to go it's like as soon as you get that initial initial knock you're good yep. right? as soon as people started dancing to like my music i was like okay like this is it and the thing is like when you play your music you believe your music 100%. you know how many djs just get up there and push play and just sit there and get on their phone it's like that's not what anybody wants to see, but it's like, it's like you can tell that you genuinely love what you do. And that's the biggest thing. If I can tell anything about anybody about you is like, what you see is what you get. There's no forceness. It's uh, he's going to do what he feels. And it's true. And I like that's that. That's your biggest attribute. My Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Actually, at one of my last gigs, I brought an extra shirt because I usually sweat through the first one. I go so hard up there. <laughs> I used to sweat through, through my headphones and have to have an extra set. Yeah, yeah. Except it's so. amazing. Your hair still stays in place. So listen, this made it to hurricane. All that product. You know, yeah, well, I just got a haircut. Not I feel much. like this is the shortest I've seen your hair, actually. Yeah. I, yesterday, yeah. I got a COVID cut yesterday, you know It what looks I mean? good, though, yeah. Yeah, it's we're good. not going to be home for a few weeks, because after uh, Diamond, we got Super Bowl, and so I was like... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how has life been, man? Like, are you guys... Is, is like, things starting to open up for you out there? To some extent, you know, they, they're still opening, like, uh, smaller things up until 10 or 11 p.m., and so we're doing a couple of local things, and um, we're doing a ton of private stuff, a lot of private stuff for Diamond mm-hmm. Resorts. I've done a few private bigger things but um, you know none of which we can advertise or invite people to but of course. Um, anything is a win at this point i feel like like uh, we were talking down out here in denver like mile high spirits down here in denver i was like they, they give away like 
food, meat and stuff out the door. I'm like, let me just DJ behind him. Like, I just want to like get back out there on the, you know, on the disc. I'll tell you one of my coolest events that I did. Um, I DJed on top of Whiskey Row in Nashville, downtown during quarantine for, uh, for, it was like, it's for some podcast TV show thing. Not a person downtown Broadway. It was just me on top of the rooftop, but it was like nobody there, but it was just like, I felt like the world needed to see that, you know, people still want to get out and do it. You got to keep your name out, but but it's just the fact that we miss it as much as people miss coming out. God, that must have been kind of eerie seeing like Broadway empty and you just like the only person playing music. For the first time ever, you could hear like the humming of the, of the streetlights or like when, when the crosswalks to switch to walk, not to walk. And, and you know, you, you guys have been to Broadway a million times. It's mm-hmm. bustling. It's loud. It's eclectic. It's, it's every fun sound you can make. And it's, uh, you know, just here, it was eerie, but it was, I think it was, it was one of my favorite things I've done this year. Yeah, cool. There's actually a whiskey row going here in Denver, so I'm I'm pumped for that. Yeah, man, so that's be fun. so much fun. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, all my listeners kind of get to know you. So obviously, you know, you're one of the bigger DJs out there. Like, I feel like in the industry, especially everybody knows who you are, man. I mean, you've been do- how long have you been doing it for? Twenty years doing this. Twenty years, man. Wow. Um, just, and you really have traveled the world, which is so dope. <laughs> yeah, we did 321 days in 2019. So just in, in 2020, we were rolling, man. I was like, yeah. I mean, we we tra- toured all January, February, March, and all of a sudden just screeching halt, obviously, but. But it's, uh, I, you know, I've been doing it 20 years and if I had a gig tonight, I couldn't wait to do it. So, and that's, what's cool about you, man, is like, I feel like, uh, like listen back to our, uh, the podcast we did back in June. I was like, you're just so passionate about what you do, man, which is, it's cool, man. It's so cool. I tell everybody before we get on the stage from Neon Carnival at, at Stagecoach to Faster Horses in Michigan, I just like, we get to do this every day. That's a great And I, I've always said that. And now it really hits that yeah, we do, we do get to do that now that it's been taken away from us, it'll come back, but I hope people do realize that sometimes it's easy to take life for granted, especially when you're doing it day in, day out. And you're in Miami on Monday, you're in New York on Tuesday, and it, it travel gets a little monotonous. You get beat up, but we honestly really get to do this. And I hope people come back to realize, you know, we get to another shot to do this. Amen, man. Because I think I don't think we'll ever take. I mean, I feel like I, I had. A, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he was like, "You know what happened after the Spanish flu?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "The Roaring Twenties." He's like, up. "It's going to be a total shit show." He's like, "People are going to if somebody invites me out on a Tuesday, I'm going." He's like, "I'm never going to say no again." You know? I played a dirty little secret in Nashville um, to, back in December, I think December 12th, and it was an eight to eleven slot. And when's the last time you were at a nightclub at eight o'clock? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? We don't go to dinner till 10 or 11 in Vegas when we're all together. Yeah. And I was like eight to 11. First of all, I hadn't played three hours in 10 years, but I couldn't wait to do it. Right. And when, you know, they said they're expected to be a little busy because, you know, I, I'm from Nashville and I don't play Nashville a lot. Opened the doors at eight and they said there were over 500 people more that was going to get in the building at eight o'clock. Wow. At eight. Wow. 8 p.m. All tables sold. And it was just a cool vibe. You can tell people really miss the atmosphere, really miss the scene, really miss the interaction. People are made to interact and hug. And mm-hmm. and when you walk by, you know, I mean, how many times a week do we take, Eric? Miss you, bro. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, um, I, I, and I, I think humans, especially people like us, we need, we need that interaction with people. Like I love being with my wife and two kids every day, but I miss, you know, sitting at a bar with you guys drinking a beer. Or just bumping shoulders and fighting through a crowd to get to a bar. Yeah, like just dancing with a bunch of sweaty people to like dope music, you know, like, ah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, you know, I really miss the days of walking by and some dude mean mugging you because his girl smiled at him. I can't wait. <laughs> Come on, I can't wait. Yep, yep, man, I know what you mean. So, man, so how exactly did you get started in this industry? Because you said you've been doing it for 20 years. So where exactly did it start for you? Yes, I started in college as a door, as a door guy. 
and just, you know, it was a cool life that I always thought wanted to be cool. I mean, you know, I never had a drop of alcohol until I was 21. Wow. Yeah. You know, I just, it wasn't anything. I was never raised around. My parents still never drank. And I was the kid that played baseball in high school and college. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they put me at the front door of a nightclub and it was just, man, it was, it was infectious to me just seeing how the DJ controlled the room and how it was just a science of how, yeah, you know, you needed people to drink, but you don't need to clear a dance floor, how you could switch a song. Cause you knew a group was going to move to the dance floor. Yeah. And I was just like, I really want to do this. And, uh, the DJ no showed or something, and they let me play. My first gig was two mix match turntables, that other Joker's records, and like a 16 board channel mixing board. No way. It, it was as bad as it sounded, but I thought I was Tiesto. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it's proof it's not how you play the music, it's what music you play. Mm-hmm. And, and every song is only as good as the song follows it and is that and before it. So would you consider that your big break or like, what was your big break where it was like, whoa, I, I can make a living doing this, not just have fun. My first big break, I did an MTV spring break club boom. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a big pop up. That was with like Lord. Scribble and stuff, right? Big Scribble, John Kamahili, Dwayne King, and a bunch of guys that I had no business being in the room with. I mean, these dudes were legends. You think of Scribble's original rock star DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tommy Healy and Dwayne King were the resident DJs of the number one club in the world at the time it was raw inside the Luxor in Las Vegas. And we just got in and, and then just did my thing. And, and as you guys all know, like one gig turns into the next, it's next gig turns into something else. And, you know, next thing I'm, I'm touring around doing the house of blues at venues like uh, Sundance film festival to the Toronto music festival or film festival, stuff like yeah. just one thing led to another. Then I caught up with Jackass. We did seven years of the Jackass world tour. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Me, Preston Lacey, Danger Aaron, Rab himself. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So you like wow. knew those guys really well. We toured all over. We just Holy did the Jackass World Tour. Yeah. That's what? insane. That's so wild that somehow like you ended up on that. Like you said, like it's just relationships you build and then gig yeah, comes spring break. If anyone's ever met Silver, like he is the biggest networker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody loves Silver. When I first met Silver in Chicago, I think it was Chicago. Yeah. And I was like, man, this guy's just like me. Like, just talk to everybody. You never know who you're going to talk to, and you build those relationships. I'm from Texas. I was I was raised to never know a stranger. You know. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, we we met in Chicago the first time well, you and I actually hung out. We were at the Pepsi Center in Denver. You came to the show it was yeah me, with Al Dean and was it Ben? Ben, yeah, yeah. yeah Higgins was there, yeah, and that was all Dean and uh, Kane. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. And so I was, it's a funny story because I never bring people back before the show because I don't want to deal with it because it's, I have so much going on. We got VIP, greets, we got dinner. We have, we have a routine, you know? And Eric was, I was like, yeah, it's my dude. Come on in. And Eric's with me. And Eric turned around to me. I'll never forget. He looked at me and go, you don't have to babysit me back here. And I go, you're right. I don't. And I just left. <laughs> and I've never done that. He had, had my wife's tour pass on, I think. And I was like, you're right. And I was, uh, that was a good day. That's why, like, same with me. Like, if you ever see me at a show, like, I'm by myself. Like, yeah. Blake, a lot of people don't know, but Blake's normally my plus one. Yeah, I'm his show. plus one. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, the part of it is also that I appreciate your friendship. I want you to know that you're important to me and that you're welcome anywhere I'm at. And, I, and if you need a drink, I, I know we're telling me get you a drink. But the other part of me was like, we're not supposed to have anybody back there before that show starts. <laughs> Obvious reasons, you know? And they're like, who's that dude? I was like, he's a silver. They're like, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. bring people back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you knew all the radio reps and you knew Laney, the Broken Bow rep. And it was, mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah. And Ben almost caused a riot on the side of the stage. All these girls yep. were <laughs> with while Jason was on stage. I was like, Ben, bro, we got a few dog. 
great. Well, I remember when we were at uh when we were with you at uh was it in Vegas with Luke Combs and me, Jay yeah. and Colton. Yeah. And we did the same All, thing. We stepped out on side stage. And I remember Kane was like, the crowd went crazy. And the Kane I was remember, like, yeah, fuck Sean, are these guys? <laughs> or Sean, yeah. Sean, yeah, Sean Kane's manager was like, yo, have them not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they stick out. And you know how these country shows. And, and there's, so if it, just to lay it out for everybody, it's a huge stage. And they had the big, thick curtains. I don't even remember what venue was. It was. Was it the Chelsea? It was a smaller figure. Chelsea. It oh, was a Kane, smaller Kane, one. No, Kane was at uh, Park MGM. Park MGM, okay. So mm -hmm. we stick our head around the corner just so we can see the crowd. And not one of us knew who they were talking to or looking at. <laughs> we just all <laughs> closed the window. That, that was before, you know, They I think they had announced Colton as The Bachelor, but he hasn't actually been on The Bachelor yet. Right, he hadn't, yeah. hadn't aired yep. yet. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. He had just got he was, done filming, I yeah, think. He wasn't back. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a shit show of a weekend. Then we went that over. That was a fun uh, weekend, man. That was Ooh, a buckles over. man. So you you've been talking a little bit about Jason, and so for those of you that don't, it's talk about Jason Aldean. And how did you get connected with him? Because that's that's what you've been doing now for a long time, right? So um, I uh, I was I used to be uh, not a full time resident, but like a monthly resident at a little ultra lounge. It's hugely famous called uh, Taboo Ultra Lounge inside the MGM. It's the coolest little vibe, small room, high energy, beautiful place. And, I was playing there one Sunday night and I uh, actually had the table in front of the DJ booth, you know, for your friends and bottle hookers, people came to drink free. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Very single. Us. <laughs> I'm a bottle hooker. For and sure. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to play and, uh, and I still talk to him to this day. Mark was general manager of MGM nightlife at the time. He come up, he goes, Hey, I got a country singer coming in. Can you have your table? I was like, dude, make your money, kick my dudes out. And it was Jason and his group and his agent, Kevin Neal and a couple other people. And I played all night. And actually, at the time, I did a re uh, remix, kind of a mashup of Jason Aldean, She's Country with Nelly Country Grammar, because I was touring with Nelly at the time. And uh, and it was just a song that always caught my ear. And and uh, I played it, and night went on, and guy came up to the stage, Kevin Neal, and he was like, want to go on tour with Jason next year? He's doing his first headlining tour. I was like, sure, dude. And he said, don't call me, I'll call you. And two weeks later, I got my 2010 tour schedule, and I've been with him ever since. Wow, man. That's because yeah. they just liked what they heard. They're like, you know what? I like this guy. <laughs> like, let's do I it. I think they had a vision of what they wanted to do. And I think once they met me, they're like, that's the guy that should do it. Gotcha. Because at the time, nobody had DJs with country music. That's what I was just going to say. Like, you, you kind of pioneered that. Yeah. I had to and fight to win that crowd every night because country people at the time thought that if you're a DJ, you worked on some local radio station or yeah, they let us do what we did. And Jason's fan base became my fan base, and now now is everywhere Jason is. If I'm not with him, they're like, "Silver, why aren't you with Jason tonight?" Yeah, okay. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like and a lot of festivals and fairs and like huge shows, they assume that I'm with Jason. They don't understand mm -hmm. they have to book me separately to come with Jason. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say, if you're, and if you're not with Jason, you're with Luke or Kane. Yeah, absolutely. Over the last couple of years, yep. yeah, or every festival. Every festival. That's my favorite time. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because like I just said, like you and a few others pioneered kind of like I feel like back in the day, you know, country was country. There was no pop country. There was no none of that. And now, I mean, Kane Brown's putting out music with Marshmallow. You know what I mean? Like it just completely yeah. changed. You know, when I decade. met Kane, I think I told Eric this. When I met Kane, I told him, I said, this kid's going to do stuff in country music that has never been done to this day. And you can just tell there's something not not only he's one of my best friends, but Kane is a special individual. He's soft spoken. Yeah. But whenever he does do something, the world recognizes it. Mm -hmm. Like people pay for that interaction. Kane has it and he's naturally at it. Like literally, I think, did he get famous off a 
Facebook song or something like that? Or yeah, he was like a YouTube. I oh, think. YouTube. Like YouTube. He woke up and like half a million views on it the next morning. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, that's crazy. It's crazy here in Denver too. Like I'll, I'll listen to like five different radio stations. He'll be on the hip hop station. He'll be on the country station. He'll be on the hit station. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. It's seen. He got a number two with be like that on the pop yep. charts or top yep. 40 charts. Be like that. Yeah. So it's he, pretty cool to see. Listen, and that kid deserves it. And I yeah. see. He's yeah, not. Yeah, a, he does. Yeah, he's a great dude. But you know, him and I, we, you know, I, I'm proud to call that dude a friend. But I, I'm more proud of the human that he's become. You know, his yeah, our wives are friends, our kids are friends, and it's just uh, heart of gold. And he's just the talent to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to get into the music you play and your inspiration as a DJ uh, right after this. So Silver, you play a lot of different kind of music. Is that something you've always done, or like, do you have a certain I don't know, like an inspiration when it comes to DJ? Well, I you know I grew up DJing like you had to play all every genre of music in order to play. Like you know, Sunday nights we would do all hip hop in Houston. You know, Saturday nights in Miami would do all house music. You know, coming to the Midwest, you got to party rock everything. Or you you go to Philadelphia, you you got to know Motown. You go to New York, you got to know New York house and East Coast hip hop and L.A. All, yeah. all that. So, I mean, it was at one time I had 11 residencies in the top 100 clubs in the, in the world. And it was just every night of the week, Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, New York, Dallas, Austin, you know, San Diego, Scottsdale, Vegas. And every room was different. Every room was a different crowd. And if you show up to like San Francisco and you don't play West Coast hip hop, you will not succeed. And And I'm not talking like. E40. I'm talking like you got to know the underground charts from the dope dealers, you know, <laughs> the Bay Area, you know what I mean? and shit. Yeah. yeah, right. And I learned that the hard way. But also, you know, I, but the thing is, but I always try to give them my flavor as well. I think if you give the crowd what they want, they're going to let you, they're going to reciprocate it back and let you freestyle. Right. But I was always known as the guy that's going to play country, that's going to play Rage Against the Machine. I don't care where I'm at. And then, if anything else, the shock factor to get back to what you want to hear. Do you think that's changed over yeah. time now that like certain, now people come out to see certain people play certain, you know, that music? Sure. And, and I don't mean this way it's going to come out, but 20 years ago, you didn't learn on YouTube. You didn't learn how to play. Nobody said, I'm an EDM DJ. Right. You know what I mean? You didn't have to. If I have to come into a room and just say, I'm a hip hop DJ, congrats, bro. You play right. genre of music, you might hit 90 BPMs. And those kind of people cannot go into, they stay in a certain market. They couldn't. And I'm not saying any names, but like uh, nobody in particular, but a San Francisco DJ will not succeed in Atlanta. An Atlanta DJ, if you play San Francisco music in Atlanta. Mm. But if you mm-hmm. play Atlanta hip hop in the Bay Area, it's not going to win. Yeah, you right. got you to you know, like if you look up my Serato, it literally says Punta Cana, Nassau, Jamaica, mm. Atlanta, Vegas, Dallas, New York, just things I know that hit in those cities. But also, you know, but you also got to give it in your own flavor. But to to that, what you're saying is like, it's definitely where the world has come out. D- DJs have become the rock stars. Almost. Right. Calvin Harris is the world. They, you know, they pay 500 bucks to walk in and sit there and stare at the dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and, you know, and you, and you see uh, huge hip hop DJs. They do the same thing. And it's, um, mark my words, though, since all this has stopped, it, this world will go back to party rock. No more heavy. I think you are going to have your heavy hip hop and your heavy house rooms, but the world's ready to party. It's not ready to be bored to death by hip hop all night or bored to death by EDM. You're missing so much of a greatness, so much of the world by not expanding your Mm -hmm. genre of music. Which I love me some party rock. That's, I was going to say, you just totally is. made. Yeah, I was like, yes, that's what I like to hear because that's I love that shit. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. when I was when we were getting together doing sample playlists, I was just dropping this will work, this will work, this will work. Only play thirty seconds of this, you know. Yeah. 
uh, what a shoop intro, just play the first seven seconds of the song and get out. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. People just mm-hmm. want to hear something that gets their attention. Because one of the worst questions I always get asked is like, what kind of music you play? And I, I literally, I'm like, I don't, you know, whatever the hell the people want, you know, whatever gets the people going, like that kind of thing. You know, I do say party rock usually, yeah. but like, yeah, it's like. It's a testament like whatever to they want. because people can, I'm a DJ, they pull some on YouTube and put a, put a flash drive in with 25 songs, you're a DJ. You know what so I mean? So true, man. Yeah. I've seen definitely, it. Yeah. Definitely bastardized down. You walk into like huge venues or massive parties and the guy walks in with a flash drive with 12 songs. And I'm thinking to myself, what happens when those 12 songs flop? That's true. Well, and then I saw, I think Calvin Harris, I saw him in Vegas and he did that. He literally just plugged his shit in and then like, you know, about went for about 45 minutes and then unplugged it. And, but the thing is he made all those songs and all those songs are number one hits. You right, know, yeah. so he, those aren't going to flop, you know, <laughs> those are going to work. And, and I mean, I'm telling you the, uh, as great as he is, the, the, the crew at Hawkinson are tired of hearing Calvin Harris is set because you I know bet. what's coming next. There's no excitement. There's no holy shit. There's no wow factor. There's no mm-hmm. left left turn. Mm-hmm. And it never hurts to drop "Sweet Child of Mine" in the middle of something. You know, Amen, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, Amen. Guitar that. riff. Everybody knows it. Yeah. So I do want to get into Blackout Label a little bit and talk about how how did you guys kind of come about the idea and like create the Blackout Label? Well, Kalika started Blackout Artist. She had four DJs that she was working okay. in. And if you don't know who Kalik is, she is a unicorn in this world. Honest. She does what she says. She always pays. Even if it's out of her pocket, she'll pay you. She's just one of the best humans. And I just, and we became dear friends. And um, she joined Scam Artist. And she's like, come over to Scam Artist with me. And I'm like, I, I can't afford another label, another booking agent because I'm, you know, I'm with, I was with William Morris at the time. I just switched to UTA last week, by the way. Mm. And I got a hold of Kalik and I said, listen, this is all respect in the world. I mean, you're literally digging yourself to the middle. You're making 50 bucks a night here, 50 bucks a night there. Why don't you let me partner up with you and take this worldwide? And she goes, what's your idea? I came back to her a week later with 30 of my favorite open format DJs. From, and we got a New York, LA, Vegas, or New York, Vegas, and a Nashville office. And then uh, then I saw you were DJ and I was like, dude, you're on my team. And I was like, Great. hold on, let me call Eric. I know the right way around this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's uh, yeah. But it's just, uh, and, 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 and we were rolling. I mean, we had mm-hmm. DJs every night of the week, seven days a week, playing somewhere. And yeah. it'll get back to that. Yeah, I think it will. Over time, it will. It will. And yeah, I appreciate you taking a chance on me because... Yeah, I didn't know it was something that I, I feel like now it's something I need in my life. You know, yeah, like same. before it was like I wanted DJ. Now I'm like I need to. Like I have that. Yeah, I'm like feeling it. Like ah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, when it was amazing that you were open to that idea of like yeah. DJing. Like I mean, it was a no brainer to me. I didn't even ask Kalika. I didn't even ask I, my <laughs> first call with the Blake, and I was like, yeah. and Eric was like, "Hey man, why don't you call me on that?" I was like, "Damn dog, I'm so sorry. I'm just so excited about it. You know, yeah. I love you. There was no no, mm-hmm. but it's a." Uh, but even watching like you, your live sets, we've done a couple of live streams. You know, yep. I hate virtual live things because I'm by myself in a room right. cooking with lights on, sober, no energy. You are watching you. You, I want to keep watching. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, like the mixes might not have been the number one best, but the music was so good. I didn't. I didn't give a shit about the mix. I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, you're <laughs> killing it, bro. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's what, you can be the best technical mixing or scratching DJ in the world. The crowd don't give a shit until you play the music they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. plus like Blake's Blake's stage presence, like it. it's his energy. His personality comes straight yeah. to me. Sure does. Yeah, that's something I do take pride in. I feel so, like yeah, I'm so trying. Yeah. If I'm acting like an idiot there, up there and dancing, everybody in the crowd will be dancing. Like hey, idiot, absolutely. You know? so when you we know, get back out was, there, everyone has to come to a Blake show. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, Amen. And, I'm, and it's going to happen where it's going to be me and you playing for sure. Hell yeah, man. One event that we had this year that you're going to be my special 
intro plus yes. one was was Neon Carnival. Oh yeah, and that yeah, you know, that's kind of you know where we really started. I felt like the first weekend we really hung out with you know out there mm-hmm. stagecoach was it coach yeah, stagecoach. stagecoach, but um, but yeah, and, and and like parties like that, that's what you're made for. Yeah. That, oh, I would. Yeah, I would love that. I would eat that up. And well, right before quarantine shut down, I remember we were supposed to be out in South Padre. Well, you did. Yeah. You ended up going right before they closed down. Days. We yeah. also had the College World Series lined up. Oh, yeah. fuck. I love yeah. that. I've been to Omaha so many times. It's my crowd out there, man. Nebraska. Yeah, that, that is your people play. Yeah, that's my people out there, man. I that forgot about blast. South Padre. Yeah, because we had a, we called that like literally four hours before we were supposed to get on a flight. Yeah. So we crazy. were in Madison, Wisconsin with Jason. And got off the bus. We've been traveling so long. I knew nothing about this corona. Nothing. Yeah. Not one ounce about it. I never turned the news on. It's so depressing. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so I get off the bus and my Amber Alert goes off on my phone. It said, Madison, Wisconsin declared state emergency. Oh, shit. I, I leaned over to the stage manager, Josh. I said, hey, dude, what city are we in? He was like, Madison. I said, have you seen this shit? <laughs> I walked back up to Jason. Jason's like, whatever silver i'm like bro i can't make it up and that's when we found out about coronavirus oh wow today i guess madison was a hot spot for it they canceled the tour and i and i'm a firm believer you give a man your word you got to stick to it was it the smartest thing for me to go to spring break right but i've been there for 17 years and i wasn't gonna let that man down yeah we drove back to nashville picked up to fly to south padre played for three four days and i got a call from jason's tour manager going hey pal i know you're in texas this shit is real. They're about to they're about to close airports. You need to come home. Mm. I came home and two days later they stopped all halt all traffic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of our concerns because we were worried about getting stuck on the island. That's exactly. Mm. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to tell you what not to do or what to do. Right. You just tell me how you won't handle this because nobody's going to get mad at you. God, it would have been so fun though, man. Ah, like I was such so a pumped blast. for that. I yeah. my favorite event so far this year, and it made big news, and some people got mad at me. Some people, oh, I, remember this. <laughs> I know exactly what part it is. The Ozarks. <laughs> You're welcome, motherfuckers. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the governor of Missouri opened the state up 100%. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know who the other act was. It was, I don't know, A-Track or Borges. It was me and them, and they canceled. And I was like, I'm coming. I'll take both nights. <laughs> and I walked in and, you know, we're, we come from Florida where it was like nobody out anywhere. It's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Everything shut. We're afraid to go outside. And I fly into St. Louis drive to Lake, Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, I pull in the police are driving in with me. And I said, how are we looking? He goes, bro, you got a line about a mile and a half long. And I just thought he was kidding. And we walked in. I mean, dude, it was circled. And keep in mind, this place held what 500 people. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And there was probably 2000 people in this place. And I got, and I said, like, man, this is a disaster. I'm going to end up all every news outlet in the world, move that DJ booth back. So move the DJ back, booth back for me. We had like six feet. I got nobody around me. And it was next thing I know, it's just every major outlet. And Oh, I remember. Yeah. And people were it just, was trending. Yeah. It trended mm-hmm. on Twitter. And the thing is there was one guy standing on top of the DJ booth videoing. I knew exactly what he was doing because he was an out of place, fat old Italian. Mm. And I was like, that dude is a creep. And that's the first thing I thought, like he's out here, you know, but you couldn't stick a credit card between these people. Wow. And this was like May, right? Was this May basically? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I'm telling you, when I tell you, you couldn't walk through the place. People were just not moving. They were just a stalemate and there's lines all the way around. And, and, uh, and I saw the cop and I was like, dude, (laughs) he looked at me and goes, (laughs) <laughs> they want bro so we just did two and a half hours and the next day the party that really didn't make any news because people were still talking about the other one was twice as big as that one 
Really? Holy shit. Yeah, 4,000 people paid the one the next night. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that'd be a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't miss it, but yeah. Oh, the good old days. Really played house music for two and a half hours. Just great. Wow. We just giving it all back. And yeah. then I was fully expecting this to be like, you know, COVID spikes, whatever. No, not even. Yeah, it wasn't really. I remember reading about it. Yeah, they were like, let's be honest. Those people aren't the guys going to take COVID tests every Tuesday. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. (laughs) But I was really. the sniffles, yeah. Yeah, I cut the crew down to just me and one guy. We, you know, I didn't get a big table for friends. Right, right. We're going to respect it. And and, uh, that's what we did. And uh, then my mama thought I'd done caught some that I couldn't wash off, you know, (laughs) all me praying for me. And like, oh, we're good. We're back home. Yeah. No, I remember that. That was pretty great. So I do want to get into uh, Roadhouse too, man, because we want to talk about that. You got some great music. So we're going to do that right after this. So you guys put out some some music and I'm obsessed, man. <laughs> Listen, that might be in my, you know, the Spotify year end review. That might be my top five come 2021, man. Reckless Kids and Talking With Our Hands. Yeah, man. Bangers. That, that, yeah. Um, that Reckless Kids, I found a kid on Facebook, Trey Odell. Oh, no. Shit. Wow. And I said, here, he has no record, no, no management, no publishing. And I was like, dude, I love this song. And I totally reworked the song. We rewrote the verses on it and it came out. Still to this day, it's like people stop me and they're like, dude, Reckless Kids is great. So how did that come apart? Like, has that been something you guys have been wanting to do for a while? I'm very happy with what I do, but I'm always known as the guy that opens up for Jason, opens up for Kane. Right. Um, but I, I, I went to Brian O'Connell, head of Live Nation, and I said, BOC, I'm appreciative of everything, but I want to go. I'm never complacent. I want to, how do I take my career to the next level? He said, show me how to sell more tickets for DJ Silver, pal, and I'm in. I said, I'm going to hold you to this conversation. Came back to the opening week of Mohegan Sun. We were there for three days with Jason, little bitty theater at the, in Connecticut. Um, and I said, I got this idea. It's called Roadhouse. I'm going to bring fun back to music, country music. We're going to bring fun back to festivals. The first DJ duo of country music. So like the chain smokers of country music and he's like i love it i love it so that's as far as that conversation went he said bring me back some stuff and i said all right so i started piecing it together started putting the music together i landed in nashville john loba had a broken bow called and, and hey johnny what you doing man i said hey what's up he goes can you swing by the office i was like oh shit here i go i didn't what did i do you know what i mean nobody <laughs> so he brings me to the office he goes i want to introduce you to a, a new artist that i'm about to sign He's going to be huge. His name is Blanco Brown. The get up. So it's me and John Loba and Blanco, which Blanco is one of my favorite human beings ever. And Blanco it, doing his entire album, just singing it to me on the couch. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I was like, that's cool, man. So yeah. good. The get up. And I was like, that's going to be a big viral song. And he was like, well, it's funny you say that because it is one of the number one trending viral songs in the world, you know? So Blanco left and he was like, all right, I want to talk silver business. And I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> he goes, I want to be in the DJ silver business. And I said, you know, I had a, I was the first DJ signed to a record label in Nashville. I signed a Sony. I was on it for six or seven years. And I just told him, I said, I have no desire to have another record deal. And cause it nothing against Sony, but it just, it was not a good situation. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, I said, but I do have this project called roadhouse. And he said, I'll take it. Wow. That got a record deal. And wow. Cleek and I walked out and Cleek was like, holy shit, you just got a record deal, bro. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 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 so you put it they, like that, it's kind of crazy. Like you just walked out of the record deal. It took a little while to get around. And uh, so we put all the songs together and I found the songs. I found Latina great writers. And a guy named Day by Day produced it. And then uh, we got talking with our hands with Jimmy Allen, which my whole vision of that, I don't know if you saw what I did when I released it. It was on my birthday in Las Vegas. But talking with our hands was national uh, deaf awareness, or there's a better word for it, I'm sure. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so the whole thing is talking with their hands. So we had people sign language interpreters singing. Talking. Oh, I do remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes that ties yeah. everything together. Okay. Uh, Ray Lynn, No Peace was one of my yeah. favorites. And uh, so the new record right now, we're cutting. It's going to have some of your favorites on it. And uh, yeah. waiting on Mr. Michael Ray to get in the studio and finish the vocals. Hell yeah, man. Those are, that's like my, the kind of music that I, I could listen to like one type of music. Like it would be the country, but has the like energy of like a party rock type song. And I, I love that. Yeah. That's what I told him. I said, you know, you get out there and these people, and it is country where the party's here, but they're going to drop it and sing their ballads because that's what yep. made them the money. They're going to come back. And I said, what if I give you an hour of nothing but hits, nothing but fun and nothing but party. And it was just, I think it's needed because you guys have all been to festivals where you're like, yeah, I'll hear for that one song. And you're so oh, oh. totally, man. Yeah. And what I don't give a shit of is about the rest of your record. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. as a DJ, we have the opportunity where we can play nothing but number one hits for as long as you want to hear it. Yep. And that's something that I've, I've tried to do. And I got a gig coming up here and I'm, I'm working on it. And like, you just play some ballad, man. You, like I said, you bring it down, play a ballad, people go nuts, and then you hit it with like a big drop, and then you're on to the next, and you play, you know, let that hit, then you play another ballad, and people love that, man. They love the singing and the big drops, in my opinion. Because it, it registers a memory in the brain, I feel like. Yeah. It's a familiar, good energy that people mm-hmm. people yeah. flock to. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and it's if, if I can tell any DJ anything, let the crowd know that it's their party. The minute that crowd thinks it's their party and their circle of friends. It's their event. They're making new friends. You won that crowd. Yep. There's always going to be one asshole. Don't get you wrong. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I remember I, I, there was one asshole in Atlantic city. I was oh, like yeah. playing at the, up at the top. Oh, that guy too. That drunk guy was trying, you know how everybody is. It's yeah. like, play this song, play this song. I'm like, no bro. Like you're in Atlantic city. And you only had one asshole. You did great. Yeah, I, I, there, yeah, was, there was one who was up on the upper balcony. And I think I was playing like, it was like some, um, you know, you know how, yeah, exactly. New Jersey is kind of like, the and I was playing some rock song and I just saw him double burden me, you know, and I was like, okay, like, cool, dude. All these, you know, 300 women in the front don't seem to mind. Yeah, stand up there by yourself. Yeah. yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. You know, everybody's got one of those one stories. When I was my first uh, DTE in, in Detroit, one of the best live music venues out there. I'd walk out on stage. That was probably my second year with Jason. I mean, I kind of remember because I had true religion jeans on if it dates me. <laughs> but I'm sitting there and I get on and this dude is just flipping me off. And I look at him and he goes, yeah, you, blah, blah, blah. I killed the music and I said, dude, every city I go to, there's one asshole and today you're it, pal. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the guy just starts bringing me beers and we're still Instagram friends. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that did not go where I thought it was going. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, was ready, I was ready for whatever, but it's just, those people are coming out. It's like, just like, especially in concerts, it's like their wife is dragging them to a Jason Aldean concert or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very rarely that you have 10 people and all 10 of them are stoked to go to that concert. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> going through something. There's some drunk girl crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you were talking about your new Roadhouse album. Do you have any like ETA on that? Like just something people should look out for? Yeah, so it'll be this summer. I, I released this first one during COVID. Because uh, September 21st, my birthday, and it's DJ Silver Day in Vegas, and it's the first Raiders game. So we went to Vegas to do that. That So that was a date that we had to do it. So I'm in no rush to push the second one out until COVID, we at least open up a little bit. Good idea. I might release uh, one song dropped and another three pack or something. The music's there. I just... Um, I, I want to throw, you know, I want to throw a boulder in a pond. I don't want to throw a rock in an ocean. Yeah. And it's... I put it. uh, and it's just people are going to be ready for it. And, and I, and I really feel like 
talking with our hands. That is one of the best songs. I love that. Be on every radio station in the world. Mm-hmm. So good, yeah, man. And it's just, it's just, uh, you know, and, it, and I, I feel it will be, but it's um, at the time, it's just, uh, you know. yeah, it's a weird time. What did Jimmy say that the original name of the song was? Was it Latte. sipping lattes, sipping, no, talking over lattes? Can yeah. I tell you about? I don't know if we can use the p word on this thing, but I'm. <laughs> wife, you can say whatever you want, man. Yeah, we're explicit. First of all, my wife is the best human being. She's so beautiful mm-hmm. that it's not even her fifteenth quality. So I play this demo song, and she goes, "I really like this." I said, "What is this?" She goes, "What is it?" I said, "It's called Latte." <laughs> she has never met Jimmy Allen. Jimmy go. She goes. That is such a good song to have such a pussy name. <laughs> I love her. I was like, well, met my wife, Jenna. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So then it was talking with her hands. Jenna's was a spitfire. Oh, she's the best, man. And talking with her hands was the first thing that came to my mind, and that was it. Now, I remember when you when you dropped them, and I was like, I remember putting them, I was working out, and I put on Spotify, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, these are good, man. The yeah. thing is, like, especially talking with her hands, it's a tempo track, 96 beats per minute, mm-hmm. mixed in the middle of everything, in and out of everything. There's things that you might think are the best songs in the world, but if you can't hold a dance floor, you might as well chunk those things. Yeah. So going into, like, this year, and obviously – we have no idea when we're coming out of this and we're going to get back to live events, but how does summer festivals look for you this year? Years, we are booked solid. Just got to, we got to open up and doing it. I booked from yeah. June to October festivals. I think uh, next hundred days after the, you know, the new presidential term takes over, I think it's going to take a lot. Uh, it's going to tell us a lot where we're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think it to the part, it was like, listen, I don't know if you know, but a, but a uh, but a huge virus took over this country during a massive festival called Woodstock, and guess what? We still have the flu. Do you know the flu yeah. came to America during Woodstock? That's super. I had no idea. Yeah, that's that's super yeah. interesting, but, actually. Yeah. So I, I here's here's my thing on this. It's a virus. It's always going to be around. Is it bad? Yeah. Is it worse on some? Yes. My thing is, we are American people. If you feel like taking the risk to go out. You should have that right. And if you don't, mm-hmm. you should have the right to pull back. Mm-hmm. Just stay home. Yeah. And that's, and, if and especially not, now with this vaccine out, you know, like there's not much more you could do than have a vaccine, you know? So yeah, it's like, right. if this doesn't like, what are we supposed to do? You know? And, 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 and like not being that guy, but every symptom is coronavirus. We, the flu is down 95%. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, it's yeah, all yeah. the same stuff. Listen, my mom and daddy had it, you know, and I'm sure we've all had it, Yeah. but, it's, uh, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, and I know it's probably not, depending what side of the fence you sit on, you might not agree with me, but I, I feel as Americans, if we are willing to take that risk and we are clean and we use sanitizer, use the proper face mask, whatever it is, if we're willing to take that risk, we should have the right to do that. And if you're not, you have the right not to do that. Yeah. Not and that's yeah. control, but the flu has a seasons. The flu is still here. Common cold still kicks her ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something I feel like we're gonna have to deal with the rest of our lives. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I think the best point you make too, it's like, listen, it's not like I'm out there like not using hand sanitizer. I'll wear a mask whenever you want me to wear a mask. I will. Like if that means I can go to a festival, I'll wear a damn mask, you know? So sanitizer in my bag that goes with me everywhere I go. Yeah. When people come yeah, up to same. like, how many times do people manhug you? In a oh yeah. Well, you you <laughs> can ask Blake. Like I right. now it's like. When we go to a restaurant, we're sitting somewhere at a table, like it's my phone and I always pull out my little bottle of hand sanitizer. It's always on the table in front of me. And the thing is, I, you know, if the mask help, I will totally wear it. If it makes you Mm -hmm. feel better, I will wear that mask. That's the thing. And and if that, if that shot or the, what am I trying to say? But if the the vaccine Vaccine. puts us back to work, 
Yeah. I'll take it. I might I'll take my yeah. children, but I will totally take it. Yeah. Hell, I don't even buy the new iPhone when it comes out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, me neither. I still got the time. <laughs> I had to upgrade. My dude broke mine. But yeah. But, uh, but I, just, I just, you know, people should have the opportunity as an option as Americans. And yeah. it's not going to, you no one in this world, no 100% of anybody's going to agree with anything you do. Mm-hmm. You can stay home, you're criticized. You go out, you're criticized. But at the end of the day, if you're good here and you're, and you know you've done the right thing at the best that you can. We're Americans. We're not made to live in quarantine. Yeah. Not humans so, aren't made, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to hug you guys. You know what I I'm know, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I, well, it's super promising that you're booked from like June to October. That's awesome. Yeah. So that yeah, at least Roadhouse gives us is, some hope, man. Literally, Roadhouse is exploding. Hell yeah, man. And it's, uh, and you know, switching over to UTA was a great move, and Roadhouse uh, is top of the top of the line there. I can't wait to be like, you're going to start selling out fucking stadiums and shit, you know? Like, gonna, yeah, man. Like you won't be opening for anybody. I'll be opening for you, you know? Like, one of those, Can't even yeah, wait. You know, I, we've, we've had some, some amazing moments, the three of us together, like Red Rocks. Remember that with yes. Luke? Yes. Oh, yeah. Luke. I think that's Eric, one of my favorite shows. With the, crowd, with the crowd in front of me? Yeah. Was yeah I was, lights? I was, they had like I was your, lights in the air? I was your photographer that night. I framed in my studio and they framed that at Red Rocks. Yeah, man. That is a dope it, photo. It, I remember it, that. I just, and it was one of those things like, there's a lot of great moments on that Luke Combs tour, but that mm-hmm. I flew in for that Sunday just for that. But it was, it was one of those, Holy shit, dude, we just played Red Rocks, you know, it, and it was Mother's up, Day too, right? Yeah. 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 It lived up to every ounce of the hype. That, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember one thing that Luke said on stage, he goes, I went from little bars in South North Carolina to playing fucking Red Rocks. Yeah, man. There's nothing like playing Red Rocks. Ooh, that gives me the chills, man. That's the first time I've ever been there. Oh really? Oh wow! Oh, sure. yeah. oh wow! Yeah. we've you know we've been blessed. We played Madison Square, Staples yeah, Center. Played we played them. The Red Rocks was definitely bucket list. Yeah, yeah, it was dope, man. Yeah. So before we let you go, man, uh, we always kind of ask, and you know, musicians and stuff like that. But what what is the legacy you want to leave behind, man? Whether it be you as a musician, as a DJ, or be you as you know a father, a husband, whatever it is, you know. I guess I've never thought about it, but I guess as a legacy, I would like to leave back that I was a friend to all, and I'm I'm a I'm a good dude, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if you're my people, you're my people. And, uh, you know, I want, I want people when, when I do die one day or pass on or never do this again, I want people to go, dude, your dad was a badass. That's your dad was so cool to me backstage in Aspen, you know, I just, you know, and I just want my kids to know that maybe a good guy did win, you know, mm. and I think the world needs more good people. Yeah, amen. There are amen. days where I just feel asshole all over me, and I just don't get out. We all have them, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. all have bad days, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, I just want to, like my kid gets in from school, pick him up, and I and I said, "How was your day?" He he'll tell me, "I made good decisions today." <laughs> That's awesome. But he also did tell the kid. I got a <laughs> funny story. Uh, the teacher said we had a problem with Wake today, and I'm like, "What?" Because he's the sweetest child. And I said, uh, "Wake, what'd you do?" And he goes put his head down. I said, I'm not mad at you. Just tell me what you did. He said, he said a kid named Duke. And I was like, Oh, I'm automatically that kid's an asshole. His name's Duke. Whatever. <laughs> he said, Duke, he stepped on my sweatshirt. Well, I said, well, that's it. He goes, well, I told him, I said, Duke, you step on the sweatshirt again. You're going to get these hands playa. Um, <laughs> that oh my is God, totally I love him. my fault. <laughs> yeah. those of y'all don't know my kid That's is very pale redhead blue-eyed white child <laughs> wake I'm is a riot in the fight. <laughs> yeah your stories crack me up a Dro- lot with drop uh too. drop wake's instagram handle he is the best he is he, he'll walk down to see somebody he goes sup playa <laughs> and it's like that is so sweet we were 
uh, we will see a little girl or somebody walking and he, he, he'll say, hi, beautiful friend. Oh. <laughs> and he always tells his mother, hi, beautiful mama. Hi, beautiful mama. Oh Dave, my God. That's so sweet. Me, you know? <laughs> like, take it easy, kid. You make me look bad. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I just hope, you know, I, I, you know, if I can make one person smile every day, I felt like I've done something. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that's great. So, um, also before you get out of here, I want to talk about this cause this is interesting <laughs> to me. Whiskey River Tango. We got to talk about welcome. some Call of Duty. <laughs> this new content with you, Jason Hutch, and um, all's on you. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we're God. We are first of all. We're way too old to be playing video games. <laughs> we are not retired. Elaborate setups too. Oh yeah, we got it. We listen. We're gonna do. We don't half-ass anything. I might not have a job, but I got a twenty grand video studio. You <laughs> <laughs> over there. So we start playing this every night. Jason's like, let's get a name. We come up with all these stupid names. And Well, his dressing room was called Whiskey River. I said, mm-hmm. Whiskey River Tango is it. So we stream, and it's just basically four terrible Call of Duty players talking shit to each other. Oh, they're trash, too. <laughs> <laughs> I lost you guys. You guys are trash. Garbage. <laughs> and nobody's coming over to watch our to get tips and tricks playing. Right, right, right. It's right. funny. I'll, I'll see the stats, and it's like, you have like one kill. Kane oh, has like 13, 14. Kane has 28 and I'm on one. Yeah. <laughs> we got oh, done, see, I thought maybe you guys were super good because you texted me that one day and you're like, do you just play COD? I was like, no, but I, I'm t- I have. But like, I didn't, I thought you guys were all like super good. Like, you I might be willing to play. If you have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I might be willing to play it sometimes because I didn't know. Sure that ain't the place. I mean, it is <laughs> legit two straight hours of shit talk. We need That's to make great. a uh, we need to make a guest appearance on that. Yeah, I want to I would have to sit down and watch you guys because I, I see you guys talk about it all the time your stories and everything. Every so, night it's it such a great a follow. Whoever yeah. does the editing of the pictures is You're amazing. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you? no. Of course, I got a little time on my hands. But, <laughs> but it, the, the thing is, you would be I was shocked how much this has taken off. Honestly. Oh, gaming like, is no joke. I'm doing I'm doing guests like celebrity guest spots for use that word very loosely, celebrity, but with EA Sports, February 9th, I'm playing Darwin James on the front page of Twitch. Um, we got pending deals with major companies. Um, wow. I mean, it's unreal, the money in gaming. I game. had no idea. I, just, I mean, I knew there was a lot of money in gaming, but wow. Well, We're going to have to start a Bachelor one. Yeah, no, no, you'd kill it. you kill it. <laughs> the thing is, everybody is so uber serious about these games, and mm-hmm. I don't even know some of the lingo these virgins are talking to me in. <laughs> so, but we just, we get in to have fun and just laugh and... Mm-hmm. and Whiskey River Tango has become a thing. That's so great, man. That's, That's a so great good. follow. Whoever's listening, go follow Jason Silver and that crew, man. Yeah. Literally, Whiskey River Tango. And I trademarked it. We got merch coming out. That is so funny. <laughs> I saw you guys signing like the albums or whatever you guys made. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, I ruined the shit out of this thing. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so crazy because we have 15, 20 people that if I turned it on right now, they would jump on and just watch. That's yeah. crazy. That's nuts. And it's, I mean, uh, these these gamers, these kids are making millions of dollars on millions on this, man. like streaming their their live feeds. Of the, they're just watching them play, sitting in their mom's bedroom, in their mom and daddy's yeah. house in their bedroom. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. Crazy. And man. the thing is, it's 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 such a needed industry. Like I had a two hour conference call yesterday about doing uh, without letting too much stuff out, like a huge virtual event in Las Vegas. Really. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I, I was like, well, I'm definitely going to host it because I'm not going to have to play in it. But I'll tell you one of the coolest things we did so far. You've all heard of the West Point Academy. Oh, yeah. We, they do a Call of Duty tournament every year, and we played the winner on Twitch. No. 21,000 people watching this. What? Yeah. 
And the first game they beat us 200 to 23. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was a thing. And these people are like joking. You can just hear me just talking to these kids. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to send you out some titty pics. <laughs> but, you know, that is such a good thing because they haven't been able to leave the campus since March. True. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, we're absolutely in. And a lot of opportunities come up with TV companies, headphones, microphones. Sherson is a setup. I mean, and it's, uh, we all have these. We went from Xboxes, like custom made PCs that should make me better, but it doesn't. <laughs> There's a block here somewhere. <laughs> but it's, uh, I'm glad you brought up some of our favorite things. Things we stream every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. There you I'm go. Unless I love out watching there. it. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's great. That's yeah, I don't, I don't really watch Twitch, so I'm going to check it out. Twitch is, Twitch is cool, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, listeners, go check out Roadhouse, man. Like I said, they're going to be big time, and you guys can get on on the ground floor. They got some amazing music out right now, and they're going to have some new ones, new stuff. Yeah, the new record, uh, I can can leak a few things. It's um, Jordan Davis, Michael Ray, Low Cash. They're lined up just right there, yeah. And I make make music that I hope – they the artists want to play on their live shows but it's fun music it's you're not you're not going to go to sleep at a roadhouse show yeah you might get a hangover the next day (laughs) so where else can people find you instagram twitter all that fun stuff so instagram and twitter at dj silver one d-e-e-j-a-y silver one and facebook is just dj silver and all my socials and links and websites perfect and awesome it's linked to whiskey river tango's linked to roadhouse well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. That was fun. It was good, good seeing everything. And this week's gonna be fun down in Orlando. Maybe. So, and I get a Disney date in. Yeah, yeah, yes. sure. We'll do a Disney date. I've never been, man. So I want to go real bad. So it's fun. We got kicked out last night. <laughs> That's my goal. So, <laughs> damn my life. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll catch you later. Uh, appreciate you coming on, dude. Appreciate you guys. D Rock. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.